everyone. Welcome back to our podcast, Foot, Foot in, in the, the Door. Door. I'm Clara, and joining me, we have Mas Chaba, Fiona Ben, and Jason Fraser. And in case you didn't know, this podcast, Foot in the Door, is geared towards educating young people in finding their career path. Each episode, we interview special guests from particular fields that you might be interested in, and hopefully that sets you on a journey um, where you're able to study and find out what it is you want to do uh, in, in life, I guess. So this week's podcast is Women in Fintech, and uh, we've got special guests in studio today, uh, Masichaba and Fiona. And I guess I'd just like you to introduce yourself to the listeners. Uh, that way we get to know a little bit more about you. Thank you, Jason. Um, yeah, so I am uh, currently in a global bank, but I started, I've had my career in big fours, actually. So started off with doing SAP configuration, which is like coding, and then moved into doing internal audit slash advisory work for a number of firms, and that was in South Africa moved to the UK and started focusing on project assurance, uh, not only in SAP, but across um, various platforms. And now I look at risk, uh, primarily focused on um, data risk, cyber risk, as well as um, regulatory risk. So making sure, in a nutshell, I'd say, making sure that things don't go wrong. So we're always asking the question, what can go wrong and mitigating that. Mm -hmm. So I feel that people in risk are look, look after their organizations to mm -hmm. make sure that we're doing the right thing. From a banking perspective, it's not only for the bank, but also for the customer, which mm -hmm. is quite key. Wow. Thank you. And Fiona? Right I, right, I work in technology and digital risk in a big four professional services firm. So that's where um, I work with banks or our banking clients uh, and fintechs to help them manage the risks associated with using artificial intelligence, robotics, cloud, blockchain, some of the emerging disruptive technologies. Um, I started my career in Sydney, Australia. Um, uh, at a big four professional services firm then as well. Okay. Um, I worked in IT audit um, and then from there I moved into a bank and I worked in internal audit um, and now I work in London in another professional services firm and um, I help global banks manage digital risk. Brilliant. Well impressive careers right here. If I could start first of all with our resident founder of this podcast, Masachawa. What did you study to get into tech? So interesting one, Clara, so provide you a bit of background. I didn't think that I was suited for tech. Mm -hmm. And I um, always thought, oh, I'm a people person. Mm -hmm. So I actually have, um, I don't have a traditionally tech um, degree. Mm -hmm. I have a sociology and industrial psychology degree. Mm -hmm. But as I went to graduate recruitments doing people-related um, roles, mm -hmm. I got told this is wrong for you. you should, all the psychometric tests said I should have been an engineer or mm -hmm. in computers. So after the fourth graduate <laughs> <laughs> recruitment <laughs> attempt, I then um, luckily um, got um, in an internship okay. into SAP implementation role, actually, and that was the first successful um, role that I got into. And through the internship, then I 
then got professional qualifications in technology Mm -hmm. and found that I did have a natural aptitude towards it as the psychometric (laughs) had implied. So I I hadn't thought that I'd be a tech person, but I absolutely love it. And I'm so glad that I had those psychometric tests, which led me to this career. So that's how I stumbled into tech actually okay <laughs> i didn't have the benefit of a psychometric test i had a, i took a bit of a zigzag way through um, yeah. university so i started with a um an arts a liberal studies arts degree yeah um i did a year of that um and i really liked some of the business subjects that i studied in my first year so mm-hmm. i transferred to business accounting and business information systems double degree mm-hmm. and then i realized that was a five-year degree. So I just so the following year, uh, my third year, I dropped the information systems and I graduated with a business accounting degree. Oh, okay. So I took a bit of a I took a few <laughs> of soul searching. <laughs> yeah, hard to take, get my degree. Well, now knowing what you I guess know now, what advice or what recommendation would you give uh, to a young person listening in on this podcast? Uh, what would they need to study to actually get into the line of fintech? I think um, the degree in itself isn't that important. Okay. Because uh, everything that we do, and I'm not, I'm sure it's the same for you, Matt. Yeah. Uh, when we start as graduates, you learn everything from scratch. Yeah. So you start from the very, you know, point of A to B to B to C, mm-hmm. um, and you learn very much how, um, like through repetition, I guess you learn about technologies and about managing risk and managing risk in different industries and different environments. Mm. Wouldn't you say? Yes, I agree with that. And also looking at primarily, I guess, a big four recruiting strategies they take, especially in the UK and also that because slightly different, they take anyone with any kind of degree. Mm. It's the aptitude for learning that needs to be demonstrated. And as Fiona says, then you'll also get the professional qualifications and then be on site to learn you know various things about a yeah. particular industry okay. and um, you'll get to know the process the risks associated with that process and if there was a specific software you were working on you'd obviously get trained on that mm-hmm. and so develop your aptitude and start discovering um, different things that you like yeah. in the area so you just have speak. to have a bit of a willingness to learn mm. yes. and the resilience to um, do the same things over and over again okay. um, until you know it like the back of your hand. Mm-hmm. And you also need, I think what they really do look for, especially in big four um, professional services, is analytical skills. Mm-hmm. So they'll test you in all different ways by analytics, analytical skills. And that's not driven by the degree that you mm. yeah, that you study. When problem solving, mm-hmm. okay, for mm-hmm. me, it's a love for problem solving. Mm-hmm. Um, just finding myself in organisations helping them improve the process or issue that they have Mm. and making sure that I leave them in a better place. So if you love to problem solve, Mm. are analytical, can deal with data, all sorts of, yeah, things that they throw at you, then you'd be in a good place, I'd say. Um, You touched on something quite interesting to me. You said the way of recruitment here in the UK differs to that of South Africa. So if you could tell us, first of all, how that differs, and then second of all, given how far you've come in your career, have you felt supported? And if so, how have you been supported? Okay, Um, so I'll answer it um, in two steps. Thank you. So from a South African perspective, they would look for someone with a technology degree, Mm -hmm. historically. 
And um, so having that internship was a great opportunity for me mm-hmm. because it was the one of the first few where they actually included people who did not necessarily come who were not necessarily qualified in technology. Right. Um, and as, um, I don't know, what was it the same in Australia? Yeah, I, I, where I'm from, we they look for people with business economics, academic backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, but around the time I started working, which is you know, just about 12 years ago, uh, they started looking into hiring people with different degrees that required analytical skills. Mm. So um, we had a psychologist, someone with a psychology degree join my my batch of graduates. Um, and I think there was uh, someone that studied um, or part studied medicine. Um, and they actually didn't have a degree in the end because they dropped out. So they took them on as well. Okay. Interesting. And um, the second part to your question, I think what really was helpful for me in my career is the support mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. through having a appraisal manager or a coach at work mm-hmm. as well as a mentor. So with the appraisal manager, they were really supportive in um helping me deal, I guess, with the day-to-day issues that I might be facing and helping me navigate what I need to do next in the next six months to a year, mm-hmm. whereas a mentor would mm-hmm. be helpful in terms of navigating my long-term career goals mm-hmm. and, let's say, challenges I'd, I'd have to look towards in terms of how I was planning my career yeah. and what I'd need to focus on. Mm-hmm. So that was really useful in having someone in my team to help me and someone who was either higher quite high up in the organization to help navigate or outside of the organization mm. to give me a slightly broader view okay. uh, what was your um i think from the way where i work the way the firm the way they've structured the coaching process is quite um formalized and detailed so we have similar to you that whole informal coaching role Someone that'll help you navigate your way through the career and work through the you know the the politics within the firm, um, and then you have someone who's more an appraiser, someone that would um, evaluate your performance um, in your work. Um, so you get almost like two different perspectives or fit of feedback to help develop your career. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, I feel like my peers um, and my social group were the bigger supporters of my career. Mm-hmm. So uh, we talked about this earlier but when um my um when we were applying for graduate jobs my friends and i reviewed each other's applications Mm. um we helped um we sat with each other as we were like completing each other's applications to meet the deadlines um when we were going for promotions we were reviewing each other's business cases um when some of us were going through a bit of a um you know challenge in a career or Mm. um they want, you know, they're thinking about changing careers or moving abroad, such as I have. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, really reached out to our almost like social professional network of yeah. our peers mm-hmm. to really, um, I guess, dive into like the details of why we were going through what we were going and also to have someone that gave you really honest, let's say, <laughs> a very frank feedback and also with our work, with our business cases that that we put together mm. someone that would give you who would understand actually the what you were going through and be able to give you their very constructive honest feedback on that kind of work so I feel like my support really came from my peers That's in really that in the same professional industry yeah. 
Wow. And what do you, well, I mean, that's still, that's really, really great to hear that. Um, and something I can see while you're talking about this, you're very passionate about your career, which is so nice to see. I want to know what is, what is the one thing that you enjoy the most in tech? And if you could give us different things about what you actually do in your career, the, you know, just a brief summary, something that you like, but what is something that you most enjoy about your, your career? I think uh, working in digital risk, there's, it's almost like paving new grounds. It's frustrating a lot of the times because you're, dis <laughs> you're discovering and you're researching and you're making mistakes. But I almost like that part of it because it's a lot of what we do. It's not uh, trialed and mm. you know repeated kind of work. Mm. Um, it's very much we are paving new grounds, and I, I quite like that. So it's, I like the bigger picture nice. uh, of what we're doing. Um, and for me, there's two aspects. I think our work is really current. So the mm. risk. So you, you've seen stuff in the news yesterday. We had the BA incident at the airport. Mm. That's technology gone wrong, right? Mm. So, um, so relevant. Yeah, yeah. So you're always thinking about what can go wrong. Yeah. And when you watch the news, that's very relevant to what what I or people in our field need to constantly think about and mitigate and ensure it doesn't happen again. Mm -hmm. So that's what I love about my industry now. But also in the past, I'd say, um, as I got into configuration, um, just, you know, cracking the code and making it work. That was exciting for me. <laughs> Spending days testing. And I even have dreams at some point when it didn't work. And I'm like, what have I not done properly? And I get such satisfaction when the code worked mm. and you implement it and you've got a user testing it. Mm. And then they've moved, they've destroyed all the paper that they used to do. And now they've got the slick system that they're going to use. Mm. And you just feel like, Ah, oh, I've left this organization in a better place after all your late nights, weekends, breaking well yes, yes, you know, so um, there's different things that I've enjoyed at different parts. Yeah. And I fondly remember my SAP days and trying to get a program and testing, <laughs> testing, testing, and then it's not working. Yeah. And once you get it to work, then you're like, yes. And um Sometimes even battles with users too, where you see someone resist taking on a new software mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, what is this? To, oh, to them, you know, really taking ownership of it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so um, I guess these are the unexpected joys of oh. <laughs> <laughs> working in tech. Yes, so, yeah, so those are the two perspectives for me. <laughs> well, that is very interesting, Maz. Um, Following on from that again, given what you know now and all your experiences in this industry and your ambition back when you first started, what would you tell your younger self? Oh, good question. Um, so, Fiona, do you want to just stop doubting yourself? Absolutely. I think I'd forever lived in the fear of I'm not good enough or oh, I got this wrong, so therefore I must be in the wrong place or the wrong career. Like everyone, I think it's just accepting that you're going through a learning process and you're mm. forever going through a learning process, yeah. I think is really important. I um, echo that, absolutely. Yeah. And just be confident 
and and stay with it really and um, know that there's constant change and to be in an environment that's constantly changing and developing with you Mm. that's exciting Mm. so to stay excited and not get scared and just go with the challenges that the that the field um, offers yeah yeah Mm. I mean, you, you've literally just touched about uh, touched on change, right? The industry changes so rapidly. How would you describe the relationship between women in the tech industry in the years that you've been working in it? So I, I probably have two different experiences. I'd say in, when I started in South Africa, there was an active recruitment to get women into the industry. So I started off with a lot of women as graduates. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I, my experience in the UK is slightly different in that. I find that they, within the teams I'm in, it's probably more male dominated. Mm. Um, so I, there's a South African perspective and there's a UK perspective for me. Um, I think there's definitely an opportunity for um you know, to get more women involved. I know cyber's doing really well just in terms of the numbers of women I think are greater than in other areas. Um, Fiona, I'm not sure if you have a... You've got the Australian view too. Yeah, I think Australian... Both Australian and UK view about women's... About women in technology is pretty much the same. We Mm. don't see enough women in the industry. And I think that's that's an ongoing debate as to whether or not... um, it's uh, because women are seen as not um, being into tech or um, what we're studying um, because of our predis- like our natural predisp- predisposition is to not go up down that path. So mm. um, I'm seeing the industry in financial services, especially there is a big drive to um, reach out to youths and to students, the people that are actually studying um, so they can get more involved in technology. So I'm seeing that kind of push from bottom up. Um, so I'm, I imagine in a few years' time, we'll see a bit more of a, a balance between the genders. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I also see organisations supporting women too. Um, I think there's an awareness of like work-life balance and family commitments. Absolutely. And not just for women, but for teens across mm. the board. Mm. So there, there is... Um, a conscious drive to say, you know, we want women in technology or to even showcase women in technology, which is, I think, fantastic because then the more you can show that there's a lady like you or me or people like me um, in an organization, then you'll have, you'll encourage others to join in. And when I say me, I mean everyone, not just like, not me as a must have. There's like um, a push at my work at the moment, which I quite like. Um, it, we've got a women uh, in risk advisory group, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of us are in technology there. And the push that they're making is we don't have to... So there's the whole concept of let's, um, as women, get involved, let's lean in, let's, um, you know, let, let's put our hand up mm-hmm. for this. But um, what we're promoting in our, in our workplace is... We don't have to change who we are as women. Mm. Um, if we don't, if we're not lean inners, if we don't put our hands up for it, we don't have to change who we are. Mm. It's actually the firm's responsibility to adapt to the different personalities, be it, you know, a gender-based or a other, you know, diversity-based reason. Um, 
it's the firm's responsibility to adapt to that, to the people. And and you see the firms, I mean, you've just mentioned it's it's changed slightly. Are you seeing enough adaptation currently now in 2019? I'm seeing a big push yeah. for it. Um, but is that push, is that push having results, do you think? I think it's, in my experience, I'd say it's uh, being included as part of, um, you know, a diversity awareness and just being aware of not just women in terms of diversity, but diversity as a whole. Yeah. So um, in an example I'd give is just being able to support people as they are. So the example I can relate to is different personality types. So there's some people who are more talkative, some mm. are more analytical. Mm. And in the juniors that I've coached and had to stand up for in performance meetings, I've had to say, um, Joe Bloggs is a quiet guy, but mm. actually he's really good and he just needs some time to think about what he's doing mm. and he needs to be pulled up. And that's what I would do for anyone across the team. And it's not about a gender thing. Yeah. It's just recognizing that we don't all necessarily are going to be the ones to speak up the loudest, but mm. let's recognize everyone for their input and make sure that even though we are different in personalities we all are here to contribute mm. so that's how I've personally seen it. for me my team we we're very much a male dominated team there's not a lot of women to start with mm -hmm. so naturally there's a lot of senior men um i i can see the firm trying to make trying to change that balance mm -hmm. um but if i look at where we are at this very moment mm. it's still very much majority one way than the other but then yeah. i could at the same time you balance that with they're actively trying to do yeah. something about this and, and you do see that and yeah. like you say hopefully in the next five to ten years mm. that that push that's happening now yeah. in 2019 will yield um a lot more women in in tech yeah yeah, yeah. exactly thank you um, yeah. One last thing mm. I'd add is I've also observed having open discussions. I think that's really done well um, in just um, creating a space where people can say what they're thinking, what management should be thinking about mm. or what the organization should be thinking about. And I, that's a key driver to creating the change role that we'll see in the next in the future. Mm. Mm. What I quite like about what my work does as well, and I keep talking about work, so I know, <laughs> my personal experience is we also have like um, almost support groups at individual grades. So you can, to, to allow platform for people to speak up without feeling like their bosses are hearing mm. them or, or feeling yeah. judged so they can share a common experience. Mm. I quite like what they, yeah, what they do. They've set that up quite well. Oh, very nice. Um, Fiona, you touched on earlier the fact that women might not feel inclined to go down the career path that you and Maz have chosen. Mm. And you did, to some extent, talk about how your industry is quite male-dominated, whether that's a stereotype or an actual mm. fact, I don't actually know. But to women who might be thinking of pursuing that area of work, and they are worried about the male dominance and that they might not actually find companions in their workmates, the females, the few females who are there, mm. what would you say? I'd say 
don't worry so much about the gender mm. balance. Um, I mean, having gone through it myself, and mm. I'm sure it's the same for you, Maz, mm. you don't notice it when you're in it. It's okay. just when you step back and you actually start counting the heads, mm. you go, oh, okay, <laughs> I'm a minority. But when you're actually in that environment, yeah. so I work in financial services mm-hmm. industry. Yeah. So that's, I guess, stereotypically male-dominated mm. as well. Mm. Um, but when you're in it and you're just you're doing the work yeah you don't notice it so much and when you know what you do the credibility is there right? yeah and you're there also looking for yeah. talent yeah so um it's not so much around like being um focused on women it's mm-hmm. like looking for those who are competent who yeah. participate yeah. who are there to bring something to the mm-hmm. table Okay, so yeah. if I could ask another question to you, Maz, on this one, do you think that in terms of race, it would apply the same way? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's about bringing people in. Yeah. And um, so it's also just people being comfortable to say, mm. this is what I want to do. And mm-hmm. just to also, um, people shouldn't be afraid to say in their organizations, this is what I'm keen on. Yeah. Mm. Always talk about your ambitions, where you want to go, where you want to participate. Because mm-hmm. if you don't ask, then people don't know that's where you mm. want to go. So um, if you share your interests, then mm-hmm. people will naturally think of you yeah. and say, yes, True. let's include her mm. in that activity so just say speak to your colleagues Mm. and um people will see by what you deliver yeah and bring you along Mm. yeah did you have something to add fiona no i I, i'd hate to think that um a woman wouldn't choose a career path because she it is Mm. male dominated i think maybe if that was the way it worked that's Mm. quite they're almost limiting themselves or yeah. we are almost yeah. limiting ourselves. Mm. So we can't always look at things through the gender lens. Absolutely. I, think. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I have a, I mean, this is now way into the, <laughs> into the future, I guess. <laughs> I want, I want to see where your minds take us and, and what your experience um, sort of brings to us. What do you think is the likely future of tech? I think it's, um, well, we're almost living it now, aren't we? Um, <laughs> there's, you know, we're using artificial intelligence in, and robotic processes in banks mm. and fintechs. Um, it's, I think, quite pervasive. Like, if you look at the more traditional times, um, it was we use technology to execute a process or get a task done. But now it's quite and I think it will become more so, more pervasive, where we're working with the technology mm-hmm. um, on a more continual basis. Mm-hmm. To add to that, I'd say it's probably the uh, robotics um, and how they, how robots collaborate with humans. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's not so much about robots taking over uh, what we do, <laughs> but rather um, how they collaborate and help humans focus on where they add value more. So taking mm. away the manual, repetitive um, stuff that probably you don't really need to think about so that you can focus on yeah, the Something stuff that, you, yeah. Yeah, that adds value or is more um, 
I wanted to say the sexier part of it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's where I see more and more collaboration with robots only to help human focus on the stuff that they really like mm. and take away um, the, the stuff that just yeah can be done quicker, faster by a machine. Mm. Yeah. I think tech will also enable us to do more. Well, they say there's been more data collected in the last four years than there has been ever in human history. Really? Yeah. Um, really? So, I, I mean, it will just enable us to be more efficient and more effective in what, we, what we're trying to achieve. Wow. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Um, ladies, if you could answer me this final question on my part. Looking at where tech is most advanced, most open, and most challenging, if you could work anywhere in the world in your current role, where would you be? Nice. Okay. Um, so I love working in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I'd say if there was something I'd add, is probably um, I'd add an African element to my role, I okay. guess coming from South Africa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I see in Africa, I think, is a lot of innovation mm-hmm. um, that's come out of Africa. So it's adding that element in, and creating more collaboration between Africa and the UK mm-hmm. and the innovation mm-hmm. there. So I think there's opportunities um, in that. Um and yeah, so that is, and also I think the the risk dimension. It is obviously happening in Africa, but yeah. the, what could go wrong lens is always mm. one where we improve the environment, True. improve safety, just yeah. helping protect you know organizations mm. and the people that it's impacted. So mm. definitely what I do, but having um, bringing Africa to the forefront of innovation and making people more aware of African innovation. Nice, mm. Fiona. I'd say. London. So I've come from Sydney to London. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a big driver for that is Europe or the UK Mm -hmm. is almost like the forefront of emerging technologies. Um, And there's a lot of research and trial and error um, that's being, that's happening here Mm -hmm. even today. So um, the world is looking to Europe um, to really drive and also pave the path for the new technologies and new ways of working. Mm. So I still say London. <laughs> I'm also in London, <laughs> bringing the African leg to it. <laughs> I know, but I love, I love how both of you have come from, you know, we all have come from such unique backgrounds mm. and different countries, mm. and we're all here together. Mm. I think it's testament that young people can really, you know, do something in their home country, but also yeah. look towards a, an overseas country and mm. make that their home and that career um, their their choice as well. So I think that's a, this is quite nice how you know you've said you still love London, mm. but you you've come from South Africa. Yeah. You like to do and help Africa as well. But London, London is home for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Yeah, oh, um, I don't know. Is there a last thing to add on? Um, none that I can think of. Although I do like the point that you just made about, which is a point that you made earlier, Maz, about global careers, your local career as well as your global career, mm. and that's really what we're trying to inspire young people to be aware of. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, and so thank you to you, ladies, for that contribution. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. you. Um, I mean, we're at 31 minutes. 
um, maybe the, maybe we can have a, a short little discussion about some other topics that might arise if you wanted to. Um, well, um, just to add to the point about um, our careers being a very global career, yeah. mm. um, one of the reasons I did stay with or stick to more technology and digital risk was they always said you're, you're going to need, no matter where you are in yeah. the world, yeah. people that understand technology, mm. um, people that understand risk. Mm. And really, if you look at all the major cities around the world, they need what we do. Yes. Um, so risk management, technology, um, digital risk, that's, you know, be it here, New York, Singapore, um, South Africa, mm. Australia, Absolutely. even, you know, countries like Canary Islands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like that. And yeah. even New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they need what we do. So we've got, we've been very lucky with the roles that we've We've got it's very transferable across any country. Absolutely. And I think what that reminds me of is also the amount of traveling I've been able to do mm. yes. through this um, career. So I've worked in South Africa, but also being based in the UK, mm. I've been able to go to Helsinki, Copenhagen, mm. yeah. you know, all sorts of places yeah. um, that I probably might have not naturally have gone to. Mm. Had I been, had I stayed in South Africa, I would have focused on Joburg and Africa possibly yeah. Yeah. but now I also got to do even Namibia while being here so yeah. it's a it's a you know the literally it feels like the world has been my oyster being yeah. here and the world has become much smaller being here yes like you think about it, I was in Berlin on Friday and I was in Edinburgh yesterday Oh, wow. it's just, yeah, it just, you, it, the world has just become so much smaller because of what we do. I guess our profession mm. makes the world a lot smaller, mm. isn't it? And there's also, um, it's a great way of also understanding cultures, I guess, because yes. you get to work with every culture. Mm. Being in, in one project where I was a South African, there was a French guy, there's the Helsinki, mm. um, Finnish rather, yeah. <laughs> Finnish um, you know, British, German, mm. um, and all of us, is, it was really f funny because we all had different ways of being in yeah. terms of how we interacted with mm. each other yeah. and trying to decipher cultural codes too, to solve a problem was also <laughs> quite fun. So we had a good laugh afterwards about how the French might approach something, how the Germans are very straight with it, you know, watching this global show play, um, all to resolve like a company's issue. So um, it's been also great in that way. So you look forward to experiences like that and yeah. just the exposure to the world, different cultures. Mm. And, I think uh, it makes you grow as a person as absolutely. well. Absolutely. Teaches you to adapt to different cultures mm. and different personalities. Yeah. 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 And it also makes you accept them. Yes. More, I the think. Appreciation for it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I actually have a question now that you've mentioned this. Mm. Is there is there one project, whether it w was the one that you've been working on throughout your career, mm -hmm. or one that maybe I don't know a colleague worked on, and you thought, wow. I want to be in that project or like, oh, I've done this and you're so proud of it. Like, I don't know if you can share, is there something that has been like, for example, I'm now thinking, yeah. um, there was a young, a young man somewhere in Africa and he created, um, uh, an app, mm -hmm. but an app that not you and I both know as like 
an iOS app or an Android app, mm-hmm. like like a basic simple app, like on a on a Nokia device, essentially. And it was all about like logging in and um, learning. So because they, you know, because they, uh, because they say the youngest population or the the largest population of young people is in Africa. Mm. And majority of those young people have some sort of mobile device, Mm. right? And this youngster created this this learning app so that people, whether it be in rural, whether it be in the city, they could learn something. I don't know, like that just speaks to, like for me personally, to, to a project where I'd be like, oh damn, if I was, yeah. I don't know, if I was a coder or, or if I worked in tech, yeah. I would so have loved to have been with this guy developing something mm. or, you know, part of the campaign strategy. Yeah. Is there something like that, that you, that you ladies have? Um, I might have an example. It's not a very sexy or like interesting example <laughs> yeah. like that one, but I might have an example I can speak about. Um, I was on a project working with a bank and we, um, as a firm, helped them run their first global um, risk and controls assessment. Mm -hmm. And then it was painful, long hours of working with people in all different cities and countries for different hours. Um, But in the end, it was quite a long project, although in the end we were able to help the our clients mm-hmm. um, to find their potential risks for the next 12 months and therefore their potential losses mm-hmm. so that we could help them manage mm. those risks to prevent the losses over the next 12 months. And we were able to articulate them, articulate it for them from a global level. Oh, wow. And I thought that was quite... I mean, step, stepping back, it was quite a huge achievement. Yeah. And it was the first yeah. time they've ever been able to do that. Um, yeah, it's but really it's not as, not as sexy. No, but it is. No, but it is. If you, if you think about it, no, if you think about it, you know, it's one thing to do it, I guess, on a local scale, mm. on something so small, mm. you know, uh, a unique project where it's a company within your country or, you know, the country that you're working in. Yeah. But to do that globally, I think that's quite an, a, a huge achievement. So, yeah, it's sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So I think for me, not necessarily a, um, a, a project that I've worked on, but mm-hmm. I, when I visit South Africa, I, I, I really like um, what they do in banking. Like, I... Um, I really love the education piece. So one of the banks is really good at educating customers about recent frauds. Mm -hmm. So, and it's really, I really like the simplicity of it and that it's everywhere. And I'm just making people aware of the risks again of what they could face on a day-to-day basis. Mm. Um, That for me is the sort of stuff I look at Mm. and being able to share money just using a mobile number, cardless system, something as simple, simple things like that. I wish I'd been part of those projects. (laughs) I'm not. And every time I go to South Africa, I see something new has developed. So for me, the, the, um, what I like is when 
the guy on the street is being protected. The yeah. guy on the street is being looked after because people are so vulnerable and they don't know technology. So when organizations get involved in educating the end user, that for me is where I, that's why I stay in this industry and I look for things that people are doing to protect the man on the street. Mm. And yeah, so the, those are the kind of things that inspire me. I might not be involved in them, but kudos to those people who look after the man on the street because that's what it's about at the end of the day. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> okay, well, I guess I guess we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much um, for joining us today and, and speaking about your careers and hopefully the listeners listening in have gained some motivation i know i have i want to do some more research on mm. this particular field because i think i might be in the wrong field <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah i just want to thank you master chava and fiona for being on foot in the door and uh, yeah thank you this has been an absolute pleasure um and i've really enjoyed talking to to you both and maz um about what we do and share a little bit about us. <laughs> yes, thank, thank you, ladies. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs>